Welcome back to Amerisogyny. I'm your host, Hannah Blue. You're listening to episode 48, Read the Signs. Today, I'm going to give you some signs to look for that will improve your mental health. I truly believe many people get into situations because they ignore the signs. It could be red flags, letting you know something isn't quite right. Awareness is a beautiful thing. I absolutely believe when you know better, you do better. Here's an example. I had a dental appointment yesterday and the hygienist that cleaned my teeth was absolutely awesome. Not only was she skilled in her profession, she was very, very intelligent. And she gave me some tips about cleaning my teeth. And me, I'm a humble person. I will listen when someone tries to tell me something. I'm not one of those people who feel I know everything and that my ego is so big, nobody can tell me anything. So she told me to use a soft toothbrush. And I thought to myself, hmm, I've always used medium. And I told her so. If I am not brushing hard enough with a hard enough toothbrush, I am not doing the work. I'm not doing it right. And she said, that's human nature. But that's not true. She said, you're old enough to remember when our grandmothers polished tea sets and they used a very soft cloth. I said, yeah, I do remember that. She said they polished the sets until they shined. They didn't use anything hard, did they? I said, no. She said, that's what you do. If you polish your teeth with a soft brush, the results will be amazing. And I'm paraphrasing But I have always looked over soft brushes because I didn't feel they did the job. Well, after she got done, we made a beeline to the store and I looked at the toothbrushes and I saw, and this was very interesting to me, six medium toothbrushes were the same price as two soft ones. And then I remember her saying, if you look, you won't even find the hard toothbrushes anywhere because they did a study on hard toothbrushes and the results weren't good. They actually resulted in receding gum lines. I couldn't find one hard toothbrush. Needless to say, I replaced our toothbrushes with soft ones. And I'm going to do exactly what she says because I don't want to lose any of my teeth. So now I'm going to share some knowledge with you and you don't have to thank me but I do hope it helps. Let me ask you a question. Are you a people pleaser? If you don't know what that is, let me break it down for you. A people pleaser is someone that often does things they don't like or they don't want to do, but they don't want to be perceived as the bad guy. These are people who set little to no boundaries. And when they do set boundaries, they don't enforce them. Hmm, today is Valentine's Day and happy Valentine's Day to all the couples. But tomorrow is Singles Awareness Day. And I'm happy about that because it's about damn time. 
that people acknowledge if you're single, it doesn't mean you're broken or that something is wrong with you. It just means you're single. I applaud it. Let's get back to today. For some, Valentine's Day can be very sweet. And for others, it can be a lot of smoke and mirrors. Here are some examples of people pleasing. Let's say you're with your boo. You got all these gifts. And instead of just enjoying the moment with you, they want to post everything on social media. Now, if you bought the gifts or you're the receiver of the gifts, that may not be something you want to do. Maybe you're a person who doesn't feel you have to share your life with the entire world for validation. But your partner insists you do it because you don't want to ruin the mood and you don't want to upset your partner. That is people-pleasing. Another example, it's Valentine's Day, but you're not in the mood for sex. Let's say you had a bad day at work or you're not feeling too well, but your partner is oblivious. Oh, it's Valentine's Day. You don't want to have sex? This is the most romantic day of the year. What do you mean? And you really don't want to have sex, but you give in. Because you don't want to hear their mouths and you don't want to hear about it from their family because let's say they're a mama's boy or a daddy's girl. And that's also a sign of emotional abuse, which I'm going to talk about later. You give in because you are a people pleaser. You put everyone's needs ahead of your own on the job. Let's say a coworker brings a project to you, their project that they're supposed to get done, but they give it to you and have the nerve to give you a deadline. Now, you know this person isn't your supervisor and you know you do not have to do their work, but you don't want this person gossiping about you, so you do it. That is a people pleaser. Let's say there's an outfit you want to wear, but you know if you wear it to work, somebody might criticize it. That's people pleasing too, because you're pleasing strangers, people who don't even know you, instead of just wearing what makes you happy. People pleasing is a form of imposter syndrome. It leads to emotional burnout and anxiety. It is toxic and very mentally unhealthy. People pleasing can affect your physical health as well. Chills body aches, insomnia. How do you get rid of people pleasing? Put you first. Understand that you are your most important advocate. If you don't stand up for yourself, very few will. You do not have to do your co-workers work. You do not have to have sex if you don't want to. You do not need to post pictures on social media to validate your relationship. What you need to do is have a very long conversation with your partner as to why they're so insecure. And you can wear whatever you please. You may be pleasing others, but you're hurting yourself. Remember when I gave you the rubber band trick? Every time you feel the need to people please, pop that rubber band. It's a surefire trick to let you know when and how many times you're hurting yourself. 
Now that's people pleasing. Let's move on to signs of emotional abuse. Emotional abuse is not always blatant or recognizable. Sometimes it's very subtle. A common sign is when a partner tears you down but disguises it as a joke. There's nothing funny about getting your feelings hurt. And when someone puts you down, that isn't love. You don't have to put up with somebody putting you down and then laughing in your face because they're immature or narcissistic and toxic. I introduced this in my first episode, which was on gaslighting, but I'm going to delve into it a little bit deeper today. Emotional abusers use a lot of smoke and mirrors, a lot of lies. One lie is they'll say they're very passionate. Anger has nothing to do with passion. Passion is about intimacy, warm feelings that make you feel good. If you get a tightening in your chest or needle pricks in your stomach, that's not passion. Some people are very good at playing a role. They can be just as calm and cool until you really get to know them. And what I mean when I say that is, let's say you've been dating a person for two years. And in the blink of an eye, you find yourself living with someone you've never met. Before you moved in, they were calm and peaceful. And then the ball drops. Your handsome Dr. Jekyll turns into a monstrous Mr. Hyde. He screams. He yells. He hits. He spits. Now he knows. Or she knows. Had she shown you that behavior before, you probably wouldn't have moved in with them. But it's too late now. Or so they think. Some couples are going to have arguments. But if your partner doesn't know how to communicate with you in a way that is healthy and productive, they're the issue, not you. Throwing tantrums, screaming at the top of their lungs, punching holes in walls. This is not someone that you can help. So don't even try. Anger is the number one sign to look for. And don't you dare overlook it. Number two, they criticize your physical appearance, your weight, how you dress, your smile, your hair. And here comes the lie. They're overprotective of you. They're just looking out for you. They may say to you, I don't want somebody looking at my man like that. That is toxic. No one should feel threatened by you getting attention. If anything, it should make them feel proud when you get attention. But if it makes them feel insecure, that is their issue. Don't make it yours. The flip side, let's say you don't dress sexy, but your partner wants you to, to keep up an appearance for their friends. Oh no. The clothes you wear, your makeup, your hair are extensions of you, not someone else. So if your partner is criticizing you, are pressuring you to do something you don't want to do, that is not love. It is emotional abuse. And that is the second sign to look for. The third sign to look for, they cuss you out. And then they want your forgiveness. There is no excuse for anyone to be calling you stupid, fat, ugly, pathetic, telling you to go F yourself. Oh no, 
This is abuse and it comes in a pattern or a cycle. There is the calm before the storm. Your partner may get very quiet and you don't know what's wrong, but you can feel something is wrong. Next comes what is called the explosion phase where they're cussing you out and going off on you. And then the sweet phase, what some couples are going through today on Valentine's Day. They give you all kinds of flour and candy and jewelry just to let you know how much you mean to them. But really, they're just priming you and getting you ready for the cycle to continue. Putting you down, cussing you out, and then turning into the prince or princess you met in the beginning is the third sign to look for. The fourth sign to look for, they bombard you with texts and calls just to see how you're doing. Now, the most vulnerable people to this trick is people who dated someone who never called or never texted. They might view this behavior as love. Oh, he's texting me. She's texting me. They're texting me. I must be on their mind all the time. No, this may be a sign of insecurity. They want to know where you are. They want to know who you're with. They want to know what you're doing. What you doing? Where you at? Oh, you got plans? Don't say that. It's only wonderful when Bruno Mars sings it. In your relationship, it's emotional abuse. These are the people who are always thinking you're doing something wrong. Why? Because they're doing something wrong. If you don't answer that message right away, you're going to get it. And they may play it off as if they're missing you. But missing you has nothing to do with it. You should not have your phone super glued to your hand just to prove to someone you love them. Being constantly bombarded with calls and texts is the fourth sign to look for. The fifth sign to look for, they don't respect your boundaries. You tell them to leave and they don't. I once had an ex where I moved to get away from him. And when I came home from work, he was sitting on the porch of my new home. And I was so upset. My grandmother liked him, although I didn't because he didn't treat me right. And she told him where we lived. As soon as I said, what are you doing here? Oh, I'm here to see your grandmother. He knew good and well he wasn't coming to see my grandmother. He was trying to check up on me. How we got rid of him? (laughs) Now, I wasn't saved back in the day, guys. So we had to call Pookie Nim. My cousin and I called his mama and let her know, you keep your son away from my house or my cousins are going to crack his head like a walnut. And she did. And that's how I got rid of him. Now, you may think someone refusing to give you personal space is romantic, but it's not. And it's not cute. Someone encroaching on your space until they get what they want from you is disrespectful and toxic. It is emotional abuse and emotional abusers do not respect boundaries. And that stems from being insecure. When someone respects your boundaries, that is attractive. Disrespecting your personal space is the fifth sign to look for. Number six, they control who you have relationships with. 
They don't like your mama. They don't like your friends. They don't like your brother. They don't want you to spend time with anybody. And remember, I told you in a previous episode, abusers like to keep you away from friends and family who know what they're about, who can see right through them, and who will tell you you don't need to be with them. Any form of control is emotional abuse. No one should be telling you who you can spend time with and who you can't. They don't own you. You have the right to choose who you want in your life and who you don't. Trying to control who you're around is the sixth sign you should look for. Number seven, and this is going to be the final sign, giving you the silent treatment. This is so immature and disrespectful. If you have someone who is not able to communicate with you in a mature and respectful manner, this is not the person for you. The silent treatment is very effective. You're wondering what you did to make this person act this way. Don't. There's nothing you did that caused them to react that way. They're reacting in a way that they know has benefited them in the past. And that is the seventh sign you should look for. Let's talk about sabotage. Some people are alone on Valentine's Day and will be alone on Singles Awareness Day because they don't trust anybody. After you get out of a relationship with a toxic person, there are a lot of battle scars that need to heal. And if they're not healed, you have no business getting into a new relationship. And what some people do is they sabotage it before they get hurt. Remember in episode 47, I told you about people who think if they expect the worst in the beginning, they won't get hurt in the end. These are the types who engage in relationship sabotage. What is relationship sabotage? It is self-depreciating attitudes and behaviors in and out of relationships, whether they're in a relationship or not. For self-protection, for self-preservation, they mess up their relationships on purpose, push the new partner to give up on them, and then justify it all in the end. Well, it was going to happen anyway. The flip side to that is ride or die. These are the people that put their partners through hell and back. And if the relationship survives, they feel as if they've won. That's toxic. Other side of the coin, if there's a breakup, they feel validated. Either way, it's unhealthy. A lot of people want to be in a loving, caring relationship, but they're afraid of being hurt. Fear is a good motivator and it motivates some people to stay alone. According to research, there are three main patterns to look for. One, defensiveness. These are the people who are afraid of failure, rejection, or being abandoned. They struggle with self-esteem and have an intense fear of getting hurt again. These are the people who are convinced no matter how many relationships they have, they're going to break up. One participant said a way they protected themselves was to put up all their walls and not let their guard down. And here's the truth. A lot of people are not going to deal with that. At some point in the relationship, they're going to walk away. The second pattern to look for is not trusting anyone. 
The song Strangers by Kenya Grace is, in my opinion, a very good example of relationship sabotage. I really like this song. The lyrics of the song get straight to the point. It's something that I hate, how everyone's disposable. Every time I date somebody new, I feel vulnerable that it'll never change and it will stay just like this. Never ending, dating, breaking up, and it goes like this. A few more lines. It always ends the same when it was me and you, but every time I meet somebody new, it's like deja vu. And when we spoke for months, well, did you ever mean it? How can we say that this is love when it goes like this? Perfect, perfect, perfect example of relationship sabotage. Now, some people may get a completely different message, but that's the beauty of music. We all interpret it differently. People who have trust issues struggle in relationships because they never let their guard down. It never changes. Remember in the last episode, I told you about ruminating on bad thoughts. These are the people who have a constant fear of being abandoned or cheated on. So they never trust their partners. The third pattern, immaturity. And this may be because their parents weren't very good role models. The bright side about that is relationship skills can be acquired. You can learn to have a relationship that is wholesome and productive for both partners. And for some, sabotage means they never get into a relationship at all. Creating conflict in relationships can lead to depression, anxiety, and suicidal behavior. So how to overcome relationship sabotage? Knowing who you are, being aware of your baggage, being honest with yourself and your partner. Tell them your fears. Tell them what you're struggling with. Second, expectations. Sometimes our standards are a little too high or a little too low. It is imperative that you set realistic expectations of your partner. You really can't expect someone to bring things to the table you don't. That's not fair. And the third solution, collaboration. Learn to have good communication skills. Be compassionate and understanding when communicating with your partner. I've already told you, you deserve to have a partner who loves you and treats you right. Relationship sabotage may hurt your partner, but it's going to hurt you more in the long run. You're going to be faced with many situations throughout your lifetime that don't feel comfortable or right. It's just like putting an address into a GPS. But if you have faith and trust and be open to acquiring new knowledge, it gets better. Here's an example. Today, I wasn't really sure how to get to a place. So I put the location in Google Maps. And it took me somewhere I didn't think was the correct way. I said, hmm, okay, I've never gone this way before to get to Raleigh. I don't know if this is going to work out. But I followed the directions and kept driving. And guess what? It gave me a peaceful ride to Raleigh. No traffic, and it was a way that I had never gone before. Faith is very similar to that. 
Sometimes God takes you in directions you've never seen before. You may not trust it. It may not feel good. But in the end, it ends up being the smoothest ride you've ever taken. You get a beautiful result. And if you're a Christian, you know God has never failed any battle he's fought for you. So trust and believe you deserve to have a good relationship. And I'm out of time. If you enjoyed today's episode, by now, you already know what to do. And if you're listening for the first time, feel free to follow me on Podbean, Spotify, Samsung, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube. Guys, the weekend is almost here. Be easy. Take care of yourselves. And as always, God bless.